Well, hello and welcome to the Chord of Three podcast. This is Spencer and Lisa Breedlove, and we are your hosts. Hey, we got an incredible week ahead of us. It is Master's Week. It is Spring Break Week. And it's also the evening of the national championship woo, between woo. the only one that matters basketball and Villanova no Kansas no, See, I don't. the Jayhawks wow this is I'm sorry folks it that's so disrespectful to not even know who's playing well I know UNC's playing they beat Duke that's only because I woke you up the other night yeah I fell asleep <laughs> I was tired I think I this got this is my favorite time of year. I get to see I got to see the last six minutes of the ball mm-hmm. game, and it was mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. I think I saw. Oh, they the, were like, yes, I don't know how many ties, seven ties, fifteen lead changes in that game. It was more than that. It, it was awesome. It was more. It was awesome. When I woke up, I think they were like around seventeen or eighteen. Okay, it was awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of lead changes. I just know my team won. It was sweet. So, speaking of you liking and loving this mm-hmm. time of year, mm-hmm. talk about your experience in 1991. This was pre-Spencer. <laughs> yes, it was. I was high school, honey. Yeah, and you hadn't even graduated. So, no, but as my senior trip, my dad, whom that's where I get my love for basketball and specifically Carolina basketball, comes from daddy had gotten tickets for us to go to the final four that year it was in indianapolis indiana (laughs) not the annapolis charles barkley it was in um to me seemed like the middle of nowhere because i i mean i had not ever really been out of maybe this the southeast and up to the northeastern um states new england states so when we traveled to indiana that weekend it was so flat i just remember thinking like wow you can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and where's a little bitty hill i I just couldn't even find a hill but um lots of corn farmland and it was pretty but uh, we were there to watch basketball, and we had a weekend of basketball. And in 1991, interestingly enough, three of the four teams that were yeah. in the Final Four this year, this year were in the Final Four in 1991. It was um, Duke and UNLV were playing, and Kansas and North Carolina, and Unfortunately, Kansas knocked us off. Duke beat the running Rebels, who were kind of the bad boys that year. And so it was Duke and Kansas in the final, and Duke won. I believe that was the first win for Krzyzewski for national championship. And now North Carolina plays Kansas. What? Yes. For the national championship tonight. Yes, now we play Kansas. And Duke and North Carolina had never met before. Yeah, that was pretty It would have happened in 91 had we beaten Kansas. Yeah, that was pretty interesting to me that they had never Mm -mm. competed in 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 March Madness at all. At any 
level. No, we're in different round. regions, and right by the time we meet, someone's gotten knocked off, or yeah. But for mm-hmm. the number of times that those teams, those two teams have played, have gone. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Yeah. You know, what Saturday night was the first time that they had competed in the tournament. Yeah, and that was historic. I mean, it was against one another. Coach K's last game since he is. Um, now entered retirement. Um, so that was just a very historical game. And we pulled it out. Wow. Well, you had your doubts. I you did. You were doubting. I, I don't know if you were setting um, yourself up for, you know, I, I'm a realist. Yes, I, I'm kind of a realist. And I don't know, we tend to get in foul trouble or we're just, you know, everybody's not consistent at the same time. So although you might have one player that has a phenomenal game, it's like we need everybody else to have good games too and contribute. And we don't have a great bench this year. So when your starters get in foul trouble, that's not good. And um, Duke just has a little deeper of a bench and a phenomenal coach and Coach K, some great players. But um, it wasn't going their way. They got in some foul trouble. I don't know, you know. I How did think they get in foul trouble? Because I thought North Carolina was well, the one getting Anders in foul trouble. Did. Because the um, because Hubert Davis was complaining to the refs about he was the he foul was chewing their ear off. Yeah, he was chewing their ear. And there was a lot of their guys in foul two trouble. Two Duke key players got in trouble. But yeah, I mean, we had Baycott ended up fouling he out. out. Yeah, forty six seconds left. But um, and then we had others that had two for a long time, and then three, but. Um, held off and were careful not to get any, you know, as many in that second half. But I thought about it, you know, just the pressure, like just the pressure that Duke felt to have this, you know, winning season to go out on top. They won the ACC championship, you know, was it just to give Coach K that last – win and take them to the national championship that's a lot of pressure i, I don't Tons know Tons of pressure and maybe north carolina people hated on us in the beginning because we did kind of have a rough start and we would lose to people that you're like what in the world did we lose to them they weren't for? even ranked i know they it, weren't even i know they weren't even in the top 25 that's what i'm saying but you know what i just love when we turn it on in march and we we kind of are a second half team um so yeah, they I were very under out. impressive in, <laughs> in the, the year. Season, yeah, in the season, the regular and season. And then they get to this we point. Had a few games. And well, it's all about hitting their prime. It that is that peak. It's when you hit your peak and everybody starts working together and figuring things out and mm-hmm. stepping up. And we did have people step up. Well, I know it was a bittersweet moment for Coach K and yeah. those Duke Blue Devils. You gotta respect that that um, staff and the legacy that he leaves at that school. Still That's had to be painful. Sure. You want it so bad for your kids more than anything. You know, he wanted it for the kids and um, to be beat by your rival, your cross-down rival. Ooh. Hey, well, if you're going to get beat by anybody, you might as well get beat by them. That's what I think. I'd rather be beat by a good team than St. Peter's Get beat Peacocks. by them. That's right. <laughs> You don't want to be no beat by no peacock. Uh, that would be like all the okay, feathers on it. Okay, enough, enough. So, yeah. yes, I'm excited about tonight. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be late night. <clears throat> Are you making another Tar Heel pie? 
Lizzie said, Mom, you have to make one because every time I've made one, we win. But that's we need to cut back on the sweets. That's a lot of sugar. Well, I only had one little piece. I didn't. I might have had two this time. We did share. This one we shared with the neighbors. We did. Mm-hmm. Now, the first one you made, I think I ate more than one piece. You ate my last piece. I did, eat, I a lot. I did eat that one. I might make another one. I don't know. We'll see. Well. All right. I know that you're just ready for this to be over so that I'll stop staying up late and yelling at the TV. And you'll have a whole weekend of the Masters. Yeah, well, yeah, this whole week is Masters week. Yeah. I'm pulling for... Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, he's due. I think mm-hmm. I think Justin's mm-hmm. going to win it. Okay. That's just my prediction. Yeah. Okay. My prediction. We'll write that down. Yeah, I think I think old Justin's going. He's going to do it. But with the Masters, you never can tell. You can have somebody coming out of nowhere, and they just are playing lights out, they're reading the greens, they're hitting the putts, they're staying in the fairways, they're hitting the they're hitting those little spots on the on the greens that make the ball roll back towards the hole. They're just hitting their spots and they're it's just doing the phenomenal. It's really going to be somebody from the bottom though. It's going to be You never can tell. Uh okay. Um, you never can tell. You say so. But I mean, you kind of know by the first. There's always a storyline. After there's about a, a the first day, you're kind of figuring it out. No. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Whatever. No, you can lose the Masters on the first day. Yeah. You can lose it. You know who's going to be in the bottom. But at the Masters, it's one in the last nine holes. Mm. The last nine holes. That's where it's decided. Yes, no, it is. You have to play good golf all the way up. Well, no, you no, do have you to play have good to. golf. You but, can't be bogey. But it is it is decided okay, in whatever. the last nine holes. It's still not period. Why basketball. do you think why do you think a long time ago that the Masters only showed they only televised the last the end. Yes, nine I holes. I do remember it's that. It's because it's the last nine holes it that might matter. Be because the rest of it's boring. No. It is not boring. I agree. The it's Masters, pretty scenery. The Masters well, is the major of all majors. Oh, golf on TV is. It's the it's the major of all Smooth. majors. It's the it's the aesthetics of the of the grounds. It is hallowed ground. There is nothing better. It's fun better. to go. There's nothing better. The history, the tradition, the beauty, the greens, the. Not feeling it. Oh. We just agree to disagree. It's the major of majors. You can have your little March Madness. I'm going to have. I'll take quartz and squeaky tennis I'm going to have my day. Master's Madness. Whatever. It's not yes. what it's called. I'm going to have my Master's Madness. Okay. I'm excited about it. All right. And it's going to be a painful week for whoever is playing in the Masters. Painful? Yeah, it's going to be a painful week because somebody's got. There's a lot of people going to lose. There's always pain in competition. Always pain the, in competition. We're going to be really talking competing. about pain mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about pain. Okay, that's what our conversation is going to be like. But but we but had a question we from last question. week. Well, it, it was actually two weeks ago. Oh yeah, a couple of weeks. Sorry. Because, well, you've been a little busy. I don't get paid enough. So You've maybe if you busy. up my salary on this podcast, I'll I don't get paid for this <laughs> podcast neither. 
Just saying. Yeah. Mm. All right. So the question was, can God make a rock bigger than he? That was a typo. I said it. Can God make a rock bigger than he he can can lift? lift? Yeah. Bigger than he can lift. That's kind of a, um, a crazy question. Here's the thing. God can do whatever he wants to do, period. Now, the question implies that God is going to make something that would be impossible for him to lift. But, but nothing, nothing is, is impossible. impossible with God. Now. For him. For him to do. Now, there are some things that God is unable to do. For if it example, goes against his character. If it goes against his character. He's unable to uh, sin. God can't sin. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, other things that God can't do. God cannot be faithless. He's always faithful. Unloving. Um, God will always love, and he right. always operates out of love. Right. Um, so... There's no hatred that exists. Um, now, he's just and holy, and he is all-powerful. So can God make a rock that's really, really big? Absolutely. He made the earth. Um, he's made the planets. He's made the universe. He's made a lot. Um can he make a rock that is bigger than he can lift? That's a tough one. That's a tough that's a tough question to answer. And it can be a little bit presumptuous if you really think about it. But at the end of the day, God can do whatever he wants to do because he's God. Yeah, I think it's a trick question. It is definitely a trick question. It's one of those questions they put on standardized testing. <laughs> yeah. Just trick you and your brain is like, what? Yeah, why well, I gotta answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, thanks for that, Spencer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let's let's get to what we wanted to talk about. I think you had a mission with today's podcast, right? You know, I'm a Rocky fan. Oh, boy. I'm a Rocky fan. Yes. I'm also a Mr. T fan. (laughs) I grew up watching the A-Team and Mr. T. What you talk about? What you talk about, fool? I pity the fool. (laughs) And in Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. Mr. T plays Clubber mm-hmm. Lang. Mm-hmm. Clubber Lang has a bout with Rocky Balboa. And Mr. T, or excuse me, Clubber, is asked a question. Hey, Clubber, what's your prediction for the fight? Clubber responded, prediction? Pain. That's my prediction. You do that so well, honey. Pain. Takes me right back. Man. To the 80s. Yep. And Clubber Lang put a lot of pain on him. That's for sure. So, yes, we're going to talk about pain today. Pain is a privilege. Ooh. Pain is a privilege. I don't know that people would say that. Not many. Especially not right off as a first 
description of pain. So what's the most painful thing that's ever happened to you? Well, if I think just purely like physical pain Mm -hmm. was breaking my foot. When I broke my foot. Is that when you had Elizabeth? Fell down in your the hand? steps with Elizabeth. In your, in your yes, arms. I was carrying her. She was a baby and um, just came down half the flight of steps um, there where we were living, which is a lot of steps onto a hardwood floor and um, laid there for a while because you were outside. Cutting grass. Yeah, cutting grass, making noise so nobody could hear me yelling and screaming in pain. Um, but she wasn't hurt, but my foot was. Not the way it was supposed to be. So, yeah, that that was physical pain, mm-hmm. and and childbirth there was some pain in that, but I I think my foot was worse. Yeah. Um. And then maybe like heart pain, emotion pain would be when we found out that uh, Marianne, our first little girl that we were adopting from mm-hmm. China. Had gotten sick and passed away. Yep. Yeah. So that those was are painful. different kinds of pain. That was heart pain in yeah. the body, but yeah. Yeah. Those thought, are the two most painful. Y- yeah, that one. That that one, I felt like somebody just punched me in the gut. Oh yeah, I had no air to breathe. It felt like that. I, I yeah, a numbness. I doubled over mm-hmm. when, and I was at the, I was at the office. Mm-hmm. And I was on, and when you called, mm-hmm. and at that time you didn't tell me to sit down, you just I, told me straight away. But I, then I sat down, but I, I, I mean, it was so painful, I doubled over, mm-hmm. and just I don't remember uh, much else after that, mm-hmm. other than just getting in my car and coming home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could be with you, but that was incredibly painful. Incredibly painful. For me, I've had a lot of physically painful moments. So you mean injuries that you do to yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's self-inflicted. <laughs> yes. Wow. Whether if it's do tell. Whether if it's how many calf injuries have we had? Uh, let me think. Two. Least. At two least. calf injuries. Two bad ones. Two, yeah, two calf injuries. Two di- very different stories. One, I was working out. One, I was putting out a fire. That was... Mm. What were your other... Uh, another oh, one, you're not... That knife? The knife. You were young when you did that. Yeah. yeah. That was stupid. That was dumb. Mm-hmm. But I sliced my... I about sliced my thumb off. You were cutting using towards a, you. Using yeah. a fillet knife. Mm. Trying to take off the handle grip... <laughs> Of my bicycle because I wanted to change the grip. And rather than cut away like a smart person would do, rather than cut away from yourself. You learned your lesson. Stupid me not only cuts towards myself, but I had Had your finger in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I I thinking? I don't know. I mean, it's stupid. Yeah. But then what else? Oh gosh, uh, getting kneed in the head when I was playing soccer. Um, okay, that was painful. Um, having a having a um, 
you know those big charter buses that the mm-hmm. the doors used oh, to yes. raise up those on the old bottom charter bus, mm-hmm. those, and then they would kind of lock in place. Well, the lock broke. It didn't. It wasn't secured, oh. and the door came down on top of my head. Oh, I think I still have a dent. A dent, yeah, in my skull. I never from really where that had happened. Bad accident, like breaking my foot when we had a. That was the first time I had a broken bone. Mm. I didn't I ever had stitches. I remember having a uh, a sprained ankle. I sprained uh-huh. my ankle playing basketball. Uh-huh. I went up for a jump shot. It was rolled. a three-point jump shot. When I came down, my right ankle rolled, and I heard it pop. Ooh. And it was bad. I mean, I mean, when then I looked down at my leg, and my ankle's like um, cockeyed a little bit, and then it started swelling. And then I had to go to the doctor, and then I got put into a cast. And then the the good thing about that was I got had I got handicap parking. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I could park in handicap. Who gave that to you? The doctor. I've never had that. Yeah, the doctor. I broke a toe and a foot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some painful. Painful. Yeah, the calf muscles, those were pretty painful. Yeah. Then there's been wounds from people you thought were your friends. And, oh, yeah. You know, in ministry and work and stuff that have been painful experiences, too. Yes. And pain's a part of life, though. Definitely. That's why it's a privilege. Hmm. That's why it's a privilege. Mm. It is definitely a part of life. Um, and this is a and this is really a message that I started working on, and shared this message this past Sunday at church mm-hmm. yeah, when you preach. Mm-hmm. And the more I've thought about this, pain is a privilege, and it really kind of started with listening uh, to a podcast uh, with. Uh, Marcus Luttrell and Morgan mm-hmm. Luttrell and and those guys on mm-hmm. Team Never Quit podcast and they were talking about pain and Marcus just it, he just kind of went off just really 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 fast on pain and and I was like wow that that's really insightful to think about pain and we've talked about doing hard things and nothing grows you know, in comfort, mm-hmm. there's always hard, and that's where growth happens. Well, pain is a part of growing. Therefore, pain is a privilege. Now, we're going to take it a little deeper today as far as pain being a privilege. Um, but there is a purpose. There's always a purpose, you know, in the pain. Uh, I think a lot of people want to um, cast blame uh, on somebody or something, and 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 there's that whole I'm gonna find blame for my pain rather than finding the purpose in the pain. And we're gonna talk about that in just a minute. But so pain we all is have pain. A privilege, yeah. What distinguishes your pain from my pain? I think three things. You know, I think there are three things that distinguish our pain from one another. Mm-hmm. The first thing that distinguishes is the cause. The cause mm-hmm. of your pain, the cause of my pain may be very different. You and know? we gave different examples. Yeah, yeah. we gave different okay. examples. Um, now, specifically, we're talking about the pain of the soul, the pain of the heart. Um, 
is what we're referring to here. Now we can talk about, we can talk about, um, you know, physical pain, but for the context of this conversation, mm-hmm. we're talking about the pain of the heart, the pain yes. of the soul and the cause of your pain may be a mistake you've made. It may be a failure, an unwise decision. It could be, um, any number of causes and your, what causes your pain, what causes my pain may be very, very different. Mm -hmm. I think the cause is, is a big key differentiator. A A second thing is the location of our pain. Um, we may feel pain because our child is in pain. All right. Mm-hmm. We may feel pain because there or is pain in our one. heart. Mm-hmm. There's pain in our heart. Maybe it's like the grief we talked about with Marianne's right. death. There was pain in our heart. Um, it could be um, the location of the pain may be in my spouse. It could be in you. And not that you're not that you're a pain. (laughs) I may be more of the pain um, for you rather than rather than you. Um, But our spouse can be the location of the pain where the spouse is hurting. And you've walked through, you know, some stuff with me when Mm -hmm. I've experienced those pain of the soul mm-hmm. moments it could be that the, your pain is located in your career whatever your job yeah you know so cause location and then how you rate your pain how you rate your pain how you rate your pain um you know some people want to rate their pain you know maybe on a scale from one to ten if you look in the hospital now they're using emojis you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, do you, uh, if you're not really in pain at all, everything's fine, but then there's, you know, I'm shaking uncontrollably. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm ready for somebody to do something about this. And, um, you know, you're just ready to say eight, you know, say eight, nine, ten. I need help bad. Um, and so the way I would rate my pain may be totally different than how you're going to rate your pain. Some people ignore the pain. It's there, and they say, you know what, my pain is a one or a two. And then they compare it to somebody else's pain um, that may be a lot greater. But the problem with that is that they're ignoring. Or try to suppress it. And suppressing their own pain. Um, So those are the three things that I think differentiate. Mm Mm-hmm. Pain. But at the same time, even though you can find those points of differentiation, we would still say that everyone experiences pain. No one is immune absolutely in this life. And it and it goes back to the brokenness that happened in the garden mm-hmm. <laughs> when sin entered the world. That no one is it, it, it's not promised it's not even alluded to it's not even a possibility that you can live life free from any pain correct well it's not the way god designed us Mm-mm. god did not design us to mm-hmm. live a pain free life you're going to experience pain period mm-hmm. it's going to happen mm-hmm. there's no way around it 
and there's just no way. Um, and you've got the physical pain, like we talked about, but then there's that pain of the soul, which is where we experience that pain of the soul in the pit of our stomachs or, mm-hmm. you know, in the gut, in the, uh, in the heart. And a lot of times that's a, that pain of the soul is a dark place. It's an ugly place. It's lonely. It's deep. Um, that particular pain can be an open wound that oozes fear, anxiety, hatred, anger, bitterness, depression, um, and like a uh, like a like a sprained ankle will experience swelling to protect it and begin the healing process. The pain of the soul a lot of times is. Um, is walled in with an emotional swelling that never seems to subside because most people don't realize how bad it is and they ignore it and the, and the injury remains, the pain remains and they don't do anything about the pain of the soul. And there is a way to, um, to do, to do something about that pain of the soul and to reduce the swelling and to experience true healing from what pain has been caused um, in the heart. But maybe it's a lot of times like, you know, relating it to physical pain, and we just think, oh, I'll just let the swelling go down. I'll just let it get better. It'll be fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. Maybe it's like that, that many times we don't know what to do, so we do nothing. There's probably some of that. There's probably some of that, but I would also say that uh, people are proud Mm. and they let pride get in the way and they try to fix it uh, on their own. Because pain seems like then you're vulnerable and weak. Yep, vulnerable and weak. And nobody Mm. wants to be seen as vulnerable or weak. Yeah. They don't want to see it. So... And I think in the pain, then people begin to ask questions, right? Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. Why the pain? And maybe we get stuck in that cycle of questioning Mm -hmm. and don't move forward. It's very easy to get paralyzed right there. Yeah. And they're asking questions like, why the pain? Why me? Why now? Yes. Um. Uh, you know, is God the cause of the pain? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. People have also asked, you know, if God is so good, then why do bad things happen to good people? Um, or if God is so good, then why do I hurt so bad? Or if God is so powerful, then why do I suffer? Mm-hmm. Um, I, now, let me say this. I, I do believe those are real valid questions but i also believe that those questions are self-centered and presumptuous well, if you deconstruct them they are yes, yes. if you bring well, what you is good the, and what you is, break those yes. things down they are self-centered and presumptuous mm. questions and the reason that that they are self-centered and presumptuous is that like i mentioned a minute ago God does not design us or our relationship with him to be pain-free. He created us Mm -hmm. with that ability to feel pain from the epidermis to the deepest parts of our soul. Yeah. 
he created us, I believe, in his image to have hearts, our hearts, broken for what breaks his heart. Mm. And if God experiences a broken heart, if he experiences pain, then who's to say that we shouldn't? Right. And Jesus himself did on earth. Yes. Yes. Mm. Which scripture says, you know, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Yeah. Scorned at shame. You know, he experienced something incredibly painful, but he chose joy. Mm. He was hurt by people that were to follow him, yes. and love him. His family didn't believe him. Judas betrayed him. Correct. So, <laughs> so the two reasons of why they're self-centered and presumptuous, mm -hmm. one, God didn't create us that way to be pain-free. And then secondly, the fact that you and I are alive is proof of God's mercy and his goodness. That he is good. Mm -hmm. It's proof of it. Each day we get a breath. Mm -hmm. And he knows specifically um, what is going to take place. He's in control. And you and I are created with and for the sole purpose of pleasing him, living for him, his glory, his renown, all of those things. So the fact that that I'm alive mm -hmm. proves that God is good mm. to me, that he allows me to live, that he affords me the grace to uh, sustain me. He is um, loving and forgiving and all of those things. And I, and I experience those, um, not just in a tangible way, but I experience those in the heart. And that's the plumb line that we have to come back to. I think when we are clouded with these questions and mm -hmm. we have that deep, dark soul ache and hurt, we have to come back to the truth that, God is good. He is faithful. I am alive. He has done for me before. He has brought me this far. Mm -hmm. He will not leave me. He will not forsake me. He will finish the work that he has started. And that helps then, I think, shift our focus, you know, mm -hmm. out of the pain. So if he created us um, to experience pain and to, to actually grow from it, does he cause the pain? This is another one of those tough questions. Um, in short, yes, God can cause the pain. God can cause it. But we must realize that it is for our good. It is for our good. God is treating me when there is pain that I experience that is caused by God. It is for my good. And his glory. He's treating me as his son. Mm -hmm. He's not treating me as an enemy. He's not treating me as somebody that is illegitimate. Um, he is treating me as his son, and he is treating me as my good, good father who disciplines me. And that can be a painful process. But here's the flip side of that. 
whole question of can God cause the pain? The answer is yes. Or not even just in discipline, too. Though I wanted to say that it's it's sometimes just in refining us. Yeah. And shaping and molding that there's some pain to that and <laughs> knocking those rough edges off. And I've had a lot of rough edges knocked off. I still got a we lot of do. rough edges. Yeah, I mean, you to think go. about the analogies in the Bible of the gardener, you know, mm-hmm. pruning that. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that vine would be like, oh, yeah, that was so nice. You cut all those pieces off. Right. <laughs> Chopped them. But there's even in that pain, like you said, there's a purpose. Yes, there is that purpose. And now let me go back for just a second. So, yes, God can cause a pain, but let's face it. We are the ones that really create the pain in our lives because of our stupidity Mm -hmm. and our disobedience and our unwise choices. Mm -hmm. So we're really good at creating our own messes. Mm -hmm. Um, God's not afraid of that either. No, he still uses those. He still uses those. He redeems. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that stupid tax that we got to pay sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yes, pain does have a purpose it does have a purpose and and it really comes down to the question of okay if pain has a purpose then how does god use the pain in my life Hmm. how does he use it um and in my in my studies i've found three specific ways in which god uses the pain that i experience that we experience in our lives, all right? So uh, we're not going to go into reading the Scripture. We'll just give you the passage of Scripture that you you can look up. But there are three things. First, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, what we find is that pain produces steadfastness. Pain produces steadfastness. Now, steadfastness has an effect it has a full effect and that full effect is completion so pain is something that facilitates growth so that you can be mature and complete not lacking anything and in that first part the first statement in james 1 verse 2 it says to count it all joy joy." Mm -hmm. when you face trials of many kinds We are to count it all joy. So in other words, embrace the pain. Embrace it. Welcome it. And choose joy in the pain because in that that pain, God is using it to, to develop a steadfast spirit in us, and he is using it to mature us and to complete us, to develop us as his sons and daughters. We don't have a choice of the pain, but we can choose our response. Yes, that's a great point. Yeah. And that's what James is, is honing in on. You choose the response of joy yeah. in the midst. Yeah, when you... And know it's producing something. But what do most people do when pain happens? We typically choose blame or... We they rationalize whine. why it happened. People right? whine about it. Whine about it. They complain, complain about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, you know. We need people to they, feel sorry for us. Yes. Or, yes. Mm-hmm. And then they go mm-hmm. and they search for, you know, 
affirmation in other areas and mm-hmm. it and it's totally empty. Mm-hmm. But yet when you count it all joy in the pain, um, the source of our joy is not self-generated. The source of our mm-hmm. joy is in our relationship with the Lord. Right. And as we count it all joy, it changes that perspective on rather it takes the perspective off of us and puts and it circumstances. on yes. him. Mm-hmm. Or it should be anyway. Right. Exactly. So I think that's why James says to count it all joy yeah. when you face those trials of many kinds. Because okay. pain is going to produce steadfastness so that you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the second thing that pain does is that pain proves God's fatherly love for you. In other words, mm-hmm. he, that pain that we experience in our lives, it proves that you are not illegitimate. We are his. You belong. As a believer. As a, yes, as a son or daughter. belong. God mm-hmm. legitimizes your sonship, your daughtership mm. to him through discipline. Mm. So, therefore, when you're facing discipline, endure it. Mm. Endure the hardship. It's a growth mindset that says, hey, mm-hmm. bring it on. If there's an area in my life that needs to be changed, bring it on. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's... let's my goal is to is to take on the image of Jesus. My goal is to um, is to look more and sound more like Him, and a whole heck of a lot less like me. Mm-hmm. So, in, in the fact that in this you know in this passage in Hebrews twelve seven through eleven, man, God is treating us as His children. He's not treating us as His enemy. He's treating us as somebody that he loves. And because of that, because of that deep love and care and concern and desire to mold us into a more Christ-like person, that he doesn't leave us like that. Right. He, he, he can't. There again, we go back to his against his character to just turn an eye and let us continue yeah, he loves us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave, to leave us there. Us mm-hmm. So it is a posture that embraces the discipline and it grows. So number one was pain produces steadfastness. Number two was pain proves that you are not illegitimate, that you are a legit kid of God, son, daughter, all right? And then the in Roman, excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, there's really three things that we see, um, especially down in verse 17 and 18. Now, this one I definitely want to read because uh, this is uh, some pretty powerful uh, passage. But in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 um, and 18. Now, Start really, if you were to start in verse seven, you would see that it talks about we have this treasure in jars of clay. You and I are a jar of clay. We're fragile. You drop a jar of clay, it's gonna break. It's a fragile piece, and it's a it's a fra- it's that fragile piece of pottery. Well, God is the potter. I am the clay. And God has shaped me and molded me to be 
um, who I am, and he is molding me and shaping me to be more like Jesus. Well, the best way to do that is to plant the gospel of Jesus in me. And as the gospel of Jesus is in me, here's the thing. Um, the treasure that we have in us, in these jars of clay, the treasure that we have in us is the gospel. That's the treasure. Mm-hmm. All right. So to show that we have that treasure in us to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. And in this particular passage, it talks about how we've been afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And it's talking about the early Christians here that were persecuted. They were, people were being killed for their faith. Um, But here's the thing. They were all experiencing pain. They were experiencing pain. Well, when you get to verse 17, this is where it really puts it into perspective. Pain is temporary. Pain is temporary. It ain't going to last long. It's only going to be here for a moment. And verse 17 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison verse 18 as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal so in this jar of clay in spencer breedlove in this jar of clay whatever pain i experience is temporary period temporary and God uses that temporary pain to prepare me for an eternal weight of glory that is beyond anything I can ever hope for or imagine it's beyond anything I can compare it to it's un- it's uncomparable incomparable whatever that word is incomparable, incomparable. Mm-hmm. yes and then pain changes our perspective from the temporary or the transient to the eternal. So pain produces steadfastness. Pain proves that you belong to God and pain is temporary. It ain't going to last long. It's not going to last long. And it prepares us for what is to come. Well, what's to come? The eternal weight of God's glory. That's what's to come. Heaven. Being able to live freely and abundantly in a place where there With is no forever. more sin. Yes. None. We're no longer bound and affected by sin. So if we can hold on to these truths mm-hmm. from those scriptures right there, take all of this that we're learning about pain, how do we apply it daily in our lives? Well, We've got to stop looking to cast blame and start looking for God's purpose in it. Mm -hmm. In other words, blaming Mm -hmm. focuses on the problem of pain Mm -hmm. rather than the rather than God's purpose in the pain. Mm -hmm. So when you look for God's purpose in your pain, here's what happens. All right. 
Here's what happens. When you look for God's purpose in your pain, you will find that your mess becomes your message. You'll find that your scars become your stories. Your wounds become your worship. Your test becomes your testimony. Your grief becomes your gladness. Your bruise becomes your blessing. Your trauma becomes your thanksgiving. Your heartbreak becomes your hope. And your failure, it becomes your victory. That's good. Pain is a privilege because of how God uses it to complete us. And so we have to embrace the pain. We have to embrace the despair because that is where God meets us. Hmm. He meets us in the pit of our despair. He meets us in the pit of our pain, and he brings us through it. Clearly, we can look at at our lives and talk about you know physical pain all we want to but the emotional pain the pain of the soul the pain of the heart we can look back and we can agree with that new song that firm foundation song that we've been singing at church mm-hmm. that he has never failed me and he ain't gonna and he's not gonna start failing me right he won't, he won't. ever <laughs> fail he won't. if there's one thing god can't do god can't fail it's impossible. Yep. God cannot fail. So pain is a privilege. We got to stop looking to cast blame on him for it, and we need to start looking for his purpose in it. So our questions that we want you to think about after listening to this podcast um, are, will you trust God? Will you trust God with your pain, in the middle of your pain? Will you trust that he will walk you through it? see you through it, and will you trust that he's going to use it to complete you? That's a good, good way to end that talk. It's a great question. Will you trust him? Yep. Hey, thanks so much for listening in today on the Quarter 3 podcast. We're grateful for you. Please, if you get a moment, please feel free to share this podcast on uh, your social media channels, feel free to um, leave us a review, send us an email. We'll have our info in the show notes and all that good stuff. So anyway, we love you. We appreciate you. And we look forward to getting with you again soon. Until later. Till later. Peace out.